You're listening to the Really Useful Podcast. This is the tech podcast from makeuseof.com for technophobes. We've got a weekly dose of tech news that matters and useful tips and tricks to help you make better use of your tech. It's an ambitious task and I'm not alone. With me, Christian Corley, this week is Gavin Phillips. How are you doing, Gavin? I'm doing very well, Christian. How are you, mate? I'm reasonably fine. Thank you very much for asking. We've reached the end of the summer holidays. Did you have a good break? Yeah, I've had a fantastic break. Uh, six weeks, extremely hot, as it was for you as well. Um, kids are going back to school tomorrow, so some peace and quiet restored in the house. Uh, but to be honest, I will miss it overall. And uh, and how about you? <laughs> um, it hasn't been that hot all the time, though. It was very hot for like a week, and uh, it m- made lots of people think maybe in the UK, maybe air conditioning isn't such a bad idea after all. Having said that, a few things have changed since then, and having <laughs> air conditioning <laughs> seems like an absolute luxury that most people probably don't want to go and spend money on. Oh my gosh, absolutely. Imagine opening your bill uh, this winter after splurging it all on uh, AC. Oh my gosh, I can't even imagine, to be honest. No, I can't either. Uh, So, as uh, noted in the introduction, we've got a weekly collection of tech news that matters, and then we'll move on to some tips and tricks, and then Gavin and I will finish with our recommendations. Now, just uh, if you're new to the show, the tech news isn't kind of uh, boring tech news, it's the stuff that matters to you, things that you'd be interested in buying, uh, changes to systems that you already use. And unfortunately, uh, as has become increasingly common over the past few editions of the show, security breaches. And Samsung has now suffered another massive data breach. Should you be worried? This is the second in 2022, but they seem very relaxed about it. Uh, You know Samsung. They're one of the biggest, if not the biggest, tech company in the world they are only second only to apple in the making a mobile device arena and they announced that uh, and this is on september the 2nd they've announced this so just a few days ago they announced that in late july 2022 an unauthorized third party acquired information from some of samsung's u.s systems they continue we want to assure our customers that the issue did not impact social security numbers or credit and debit card numbers but in some cases may have affected information affected is a unusual choice of words there (laughs) information such as name contact and demographic information date of birth and product registration information the information affected for each relevant customer may vary now of course uh that is quite a lot of information now upon discovering this i decided to just do a quick little check about this because i have a samsung account and so I uh, crack open my email account and see if I've received anything new from Samsung recently, which might uh, alert me to this instant. And I find that I have not received an absolute <laughs> dicky bird, as we say in the UK. Uh, that's pretty shoddy, isn't it? I think it is overall, but... As you sort of alluded to in the in the intro of that there, it does seem that maybe companies are not going quite as hard on the data breach 
releases at the moment for some reason. I'm not quite sure what it is. It's maybe tying into an overall sort of fatigue of, oh, it's another data breach and, you know, my data, you know, my date of birth, my social security number, etc., etc. It's all already out there, presumably. So is this just Samsung going, eh, they probably don't care that much anyway, which is well, obviously not the right way to do it. But it no. kind of feels like that. It does. I've. I mean, I mean, we talked. We talked about Plex last time. Uh, myself and Ben and Plex issued an email. And yes, there are more and more of these things happening. It would seem certainly with big companies. But at the same time, I would expect an email, and I haven't got one. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a care of duty, really, isn't it? You've, yeah. I mean, often the way is you have to create an account to use whatever service it is, be that Samsung, Plex, etc. And half of the time you think, did I actually really even need to create this account? Would this service run perfectly fine without it? Often the reality is it probably would. Yeah. But then you've given all your details anyway, so then the onus is on that company to at least give you a notification saying your data may have been breached because... As far as I'm aware, they've not actually released any figures about how many people have been affected by no. this specific breach. So every everyone is then in the dark, aren't they? So yeah. I guess the general advice is every Samsung user, go and update your passwords and all that sort of stuff. But other than that, if you were one of the affected, you've got no way of knowing if your data is now being exposed. I don't, I don't really understand it, Christian, to be honest. It is a, um, it's a vague, it's very vague, basically. I'm, I'm, in, it's so vague, in fact, it makes me wonder if it's actually a rogue employee who's ha half-inched the data. Ah, it could be something like that, couldn't yeah, it? And then yeah. sold it on to someone else. So, yeah. yeah. But we're, we're not going to know. Um, we'll move on. The Samsung again, they're now mocking. They're in this position to mock. What? After that? Yes, they are, apparently. Uh, they're mocking Apple's lack of innovation. Uh, the iPhone 14 is set to be launched uh, this week, probably around the time you listen to this podcast, you will know more about the iPhone 14 already. And Samsung have taken the opportunity to poke fun at the uh, forthcoming iPhone, even though they don't know what it looks like, um, by um, highlighting their uh, successes in the um, largely in the foldable phone arena. Um, innovations like high-resolution cameras, uh, zoom lenses, cutting-edge form factors of folding devices, and uh, other things that uh, they claim you won't see on an iPhone soon. Now, I think... A lot of people will be quite pleased to not be seeing things like folding phones on the iPhone anytime soon. Um, what do you think? I, I actually totally agree. I think Samsung's apparent mocking is a bit glib, in fact, in that, like you said, people, the, the foldable phone market is still so, so small. Uh, I've seen one person in my entire life with a folding phone. Admittedly, I live in the backwaters of Cornwall, so it's probably not representative. And if you live in a big city, you've probably seen more. But even as someone involved in tech, and we work for, a, Christian and I work for a tech website, and there's hundreds of employees, and I don't think any of us own a foldable phone. 
Uh, no one's mentioned far. it if they do. No one's mentioned it, exactly. And if you did, you'd probably say, hey, look what I've got. Yeah. Um, and amongst tech circles, certainly amongst other tech circles that I, I frequent, there's not many people out there that are desperate to get their hands on one of these. Now, you'll see big-time YouTubers like... Um, What's his uh, Linus from Linus Tech Tips? He he uses his all the time and he he swears by it. But I think for the vast majority of people, foldable phones are still just just a thing that's going to happen at some point in the future, rather than the be all and end all of cutting edge technology that everyone has. So if the iPhone 14 comes out and it's just another iPhone, if you will, I think a lot of people would be really quite happy with that. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, not a good week for Samsung. Um, Twitter. Everyone wants an edit button on Twitter, supposedly. Uh, it's not really bothered me. I don't think you just delete it and redo it, don't you? Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Twitter has announced it is finally testing its most requested feature, the edit button. But there's a catch. You won't get to access Twitter's edit button unless you subscribe to Twitter Blue. Uh, now, that's not some uh, racy service for adults. I'm told. Um, instead, <laughs> Twitter Blue is a kind of a subscription service, a premium Twitter experience. That's yeah, um, two ninety nine to four ninety nine per month, and it gets you a bunch of extra features that uh, enable like better following tools, better analytics, and all this sort of stuff. Yeah, which I mean, most people aren't going to need that, are they? Really? So. Paying for an edit button, charging for an edit button, I beg your pardon, is, it's, given how long people have wanted an edit button on Twitter, uh, it seems a little bit cheeky to charge for it. Uh, especially after years of saying, well, it's not really possible, we can't really do that. And then go, oh, we can do it, but we're going to charge you for it. I think the whole thing of charging for it seems absolutely outrageous when it's yes. just ch changing a few letters like after it's been done surely there's not such a ludicrous level of cost involved in this that people need to pay you know up to five dollars a month you know 60 bucks or 60 quid a year it just seems completely unfathomable to me that a company this big you know with such massive turnover and revenue needs to to do such a thing um and to make it Excuse me, I guess it's to make it into something that only a few people will have and to make it a more popular tool that will roll out eventually. But I don't know, it just seems uh, silly to me. Yeah, I mean, in fairness, they have put a time limit during which the edit feature will be available. It's 30 minutes after posting and the changes added to the tweet sort of edit history. So anyone who changes it, it will be marked with a timestamp and a label, and people who reply or retweet will be able to refer back to the or highlight the fact that it's been edited since or whatever. So there is that, which is good, because there's this whole uh, concern. I said concern as if it's some sort of hugely importance in the grand scheme of things, which of course it isn't. But uh, some people have been concerned that if there's an edit feature, someone could tweet something, then lots of people reply to it, um, retweet it, etc. And then they change the original meaning of the tweet or maybe put a spammy link in it or something like that. Um, so this 30-minute time limit is quite a good feature. But, you know, charging for the edit <coughs> button, yeah, come on. If we, we should maybe get some sort of bad button for the um, for the soundboard. And then if, if a tech company does something really dodgy and bad, we can just press the sound button. Um 
I suppose. Can we get like a little wop wop. Oh, we, have we got a wop? Oh, you've got that. <laughs> there you go. That's what we think of the Twitter Reddit button. <laughs> okay, let's move on. If you've run into trouble with your Windows computer, one of the things that you probably think about doing is reinstalling Windows, but you don't really need to reinstall it these days because there are various features built into the operating system that save you the effort of uh, digging out the media, burning it to USB, or if, if you're a bit old-fashioned, DVD, and then reinstalling. You can use Windows Reset or you can use Windows System Restore. And the reset tool itself has various features. Uh, and then there's also System Restore. They're not exactly the same, though, are they? Uh, no, they have sort of different functionality. So one, um, the Windows Reset is more like a... If you really want to wipe the slate completely clean, um, and oftentimes when nothing else is working and you cannot think of another way to fix your computer, then uh, resetting it, Windows Reset, is is a good option. Whereas uh, System Restore uh, is more like returning to a previous point where you knew the system was good. And Windows actually sets these uh, System Restore points periodically uh, and automatically, unless you have switched it off. Or am I remembering that wrong? Do you have to turn it on? Is it an opt-in? I think you... Well with Windows 10, you had to turn it on. I don't know if that's that the same was Windows it. 11. Yeah, I imagine it probably is the same. So um, you do have to opt in to turn that on. So uh, that's advice we would definitely give to everyone because whenever you have uh, like a major Windows update, it will create a system restore point for you. Uh, and you can also create manual system restore points as well. Uh, have you used Windows Reset before, Christian? I've used w Reset, yeah. Um, how how did you find it? Because it can be confusing with there's 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 two different types of Windows reset, aren't there? So there's uh, the Windows reset that keeps some of your files, and Windows reset that removes absolutely everything. Yeah, I've used the one that removes absolutely everything because I um I keep on my f everything that I need, and I mean everything. I keep in Dropbox. So I can then move between devices and operating systems as necessary. So I, there's very little point in me using the one that retains your files. So I went for the complete reset, and it works really well. I've also used System Restore in the past, or I should say attempted to use System Restore in the past. And to be honest, I find it very unreliable. Um, I don't know if it's improved with Windows 11, but certainly with Windows 8 and Windows 10, um, I didn't enjoy the experience, shall we say. <laughs> I think part of the difficulty is with Windows Restore is it's only as good as the frequency that you use it really isn't it so I, yeah. I actually have an, an issue on my computer at the moment where uh, a Windows update won't go past 7% and this has been happening now for I'd say three months to be honest and I've tried various things to fix it but it's gone so far down the line now though that using my last Windows restore point will take me back to I don't know something like January of this year which in reality is probably just too far to right. go back but then obviously the alternative is a complete reinstall so yeah. <laughs> I'm just sitting here trying to balance up the two uh, yeah. and you're then stuck between a rock and a hard place basically aren't you you are yeah it's um yeah it, it, it does and sometimes restore points corrupt or something happens to them so they don't work correctly 
Um, and also I found, I don't know if this still happens now because I use primarily, I use uh, Ubuntu, but I have found with restore points on Windows in the past that the restore point doesn't remove software that you hoped it would remove as well. Ah, interesting. So that would be one of the biggest things that you might actually use system restore for. It's often pointed at as something, say you've got uh, malware or something like that. Someone yeah. might suggest you restore to your uh, you know, previous restore point to remove anything installed between, say, two dates or when you notice something malicious on your computer. Uh, but if it doesn't remove that program, then what's the point? <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, um, yeah, so there are some differences between System Restore and Windows Reset. Um, the best thing you can do is, before doing either, is to check what they do, which you can refer to um, this podcast, of course, we just discussed it. Check the show notes, and we'll link to our guide to this, what's the difference between Windows Reset and System Restore in Windows. And uh, that will give you all the information about uh, using System Restore, setting a restore point, and using the reset features in Windows 10 and 11. We'll move on now to the ways that you can make Disney Plus better on mobile. Uh, number one, don't watch She-Hulk. Only joking. So, <laughs> oh. oh, political. Um, yeah, uh, Disney Plus is available pretty much everywhere, but uh, you you may not bother with it on mobile so much because it's smaller. I don't know. if that, I've never bothered with it on mobile, I don't think. Although I say that, my children use it on their tablets, so, you know, that's mobile. And, but I, you know, I only ever watch it on the big screen TV, and um, I, I do find that most of the things I watch aren't superhero stuff, and and also they're also not cartoons. I've uh -huh. most rec Yeah, I've recently been watching Only Murders in the Building Series 2, and Modern Family, because... You've got to, it's one family, but also Welcome to Wrexham, which is a reality documentary show about the takeover of Wrexham by Deadpool and some other guy. Have you seen that? No, I've not seen that. That sounds good, though. Yeah, it is quite good, actually. Yeah. I've, uh, really they, bought the, uh, they bought the football club, didn't That's they? It. Yeah. Uh, Rob, 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 no, Rob McElhenney. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. And uh, Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, so I said there's a whole documentary about that which we've been watching. So that's, that's quite cool. So anyway, um, Disney Plus is available on pretty much everywhere that you have an electric device, maybe even some fridges. I do know, I saw a smart toaster the other day, £700 it was. Oh, I saw one reviewed um, on a on a YouTube video, maybe the same one, uh, that was just utterly bonkers. The, the <laughs> screen on the front of it, I think it had like 24 or 28 different toast settings for different types of toast. <laughs> but then, after spending £700, quid you could buy a subscription for it to unlock more types of toast oh like, wow it doesn't even come with all the types of toast that's, that's incredible isn't it yeah <laughs> and i don't know whether it runs disney plus but anyway so <laughs> things that you can do with disney plus on your mobile device number one download content for offline viewing you do that obviously when you've got a wi-fi connection and maybe uh, you're heading out to travel somewhere download it in advance you can control download quality uh, in the edit profiles screen you uh, click on app settings and then you can choose your download of Wi-Fi only download quality and also download location if you have internal storage uh, you can change the um, 
change that to uh, the, uh, from your main phone device to your uh, SD card storage should your uh, phone support that. And you can change between high quality, medium quality, standard quality. Uh, high quality takes longer and looks better and uses more space. Standard quality is faster, uses less space, doesn't look as great. But then again, if you've got a three-inch screen, it doesn't really matter that much. Um, we are able to restrict internet data usage when using Disney Plus by um, setting it to stream over Wi-Fi only and download over Wi-Fi only. You can use enhanced IMAX resolution on a phone, which seems, unless you know some borrowers, that uh, seems a bit pointless. Um, <laughs> uh, How does that even work? Yeah, Disney lets <coughs> you stream some movies in IMAX enhanced resolution. This is uh, 1.9 to 1 resolution, which lets you see up to 26% more of the original image. It doesn't mean that the entire movie uses that resolution, only used in certain scenes. Um, oh, interesting. But I'm, one, I mean, the key thing about IMAX is that it's a kind of immersive isn't it yeah you've got the huge screen you've got the distance between the audience and um screen and yeah yeah either gonna hold it i mean you can't hold it too close because then you lose focus so yeah i don't really know what that's all about uh you can use the app to build a watch list um there there it is welcome to wrexham listed there all that time trying to look for it which you want to hear to listen up i spent about five minutes trying to work out whether welcome (laughs) direction was on disney plus or not earlier um you can also create separate profiles for different members in your household they will also copy across to uh your smart box your smart tv etc and your computer and you can enable automatic app updates as well uh, the details for doing those things differ from iphone and android so i recommend you check the show notes just as an aside to that um we use uh, disney plus quite extensively and if we were to uh, have a look at how our bills were going and think to ourselves we should probably get rid of something disney plus would not be at the top of the list that we got rid of because everyone in the household uses it for one purpose or another having said that I have discovered that uh, basically I've reviewed I've reviewed something and I'll mention it later on in the show and I mention it now basically because it's relevant. It's an Android TV box and I found that the um, the Disney app, the Disney Plus app on this Android TV box, um, doesn't work great. Is there's a bit of tearing. Uh, now I didn't I was only able to ch- uh, find uh, check this with one show which was Modern Family, um, but I was able to check it on a different system Oroku using the same app and the same accounts and the same profile and there was no tearing on the exact same episodes so it's a bit curious I don't know whether that's uh, an Android TV thing I've learned today that uh, different providers of Android TV services need to get their apps approved um, or the app usage approved on their devices so it might be something to do with that uh, difficult to say however um that is just a little aside. There's a lot of things you can do with Disney Plus on your mobile device. Do you use Disney Plus on your mobile, Gavin? You know what, Christian? I've never used Disney Plus on a mobile device. And uh, given that we actually went away a few times this summer and uh, took uh, various sort of tablet devices in the car, uh, and the kids were confined to uh, what was on, what I downloaded for them on Netflix. So that we actually have a Disney Plus account. So that was definitely a bit of an oversight on my behalf. So I'm glad you've brought this uh, article to to my attention because they could have watched quite a significant amount of more 
decent stuff. <laughs> yeah, I should say so. Um, my uh, my youngest is um, absolutely uh, bowled over by a show called I think it's Puppy Pals. Yes, it's Puppy Pals. It's Puppy Dog Pals is an American computer animated children's television series um, that debuted on Disney Junior in 2017, and is now on Disney Plus, and she absolutely adores it. It's about two little doggies called Bingo and Roly. They're very uh-huh. cute. I will. Uh, I'll. I'll inform my my youngest. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> It is recommendations time. This is the part of the show where uh, myself and my co-host for the week decide um, to share something with you that um, has um, we found interesting, fun, exciting, digital-based or adjacent. And, uh, yeah, and we share it with you, and then we give you the link in the show notes, and you can check it out yourself if you're interested. Who's going to go first, Gavin? Uh, I can go first if you like. Okay. I've got a, I've got a, I've got a lovely little board game here, actually. Um I must say, it's not digital. Well, I'm not aware if there is a digital copy, maybe. I didn't think to look that up. Poor form on my behalf. Um, however, I will tell you the name, and it's called Cockroach Poker, which sounds... <laughs> yeah, I know. Sounds somewhat grim. <laughs> however, it's a, a really good little game of bluff that's suitable, I would say, for kids, maybe... Maybe as young as five or six, I would think, actually. You essentially are dealt however many cards per person. You split the deck between the amount of people. And then the idea is that you have to bluff to the people around you. So, for instance, if you were dealt a card that had a picture of a rat on, you would slide it across the table to uh, one of your opposition and say, uh, either this is a rat, uh, or you could say it was one of the different animals in the deck, which there are uh, stink bugs, frogs, uh, flies, and all sorts of other lovely, gruesome animals. It sounds very simple. It can be absolutely enthralling for a group of adults as well. Uh, It's extremely cheap. I think it cost me... Ten pounds, uh, probably probably the same in dollars these days, and uh, I guarantee that you will have a lot of fun playing this board game. So that's cockroach poker. Give it a go. Okay, um, <laughs> I'm still getting <laughs> over the name. I uh, <laughs> I discovered a board game shop in York yesterday, and I cannot find it. I was actually in York yesterday, in uh, north of England, in Yorkshire. It's the capital of Yorkshire, even though there are other capitals in Yorkshire for some reason. And (laughs) um, you you tell me. And we found a gaming shop, and I've been trying to find it since, um, you know, online, find the website or whatever, and I've been unable to find it. We were in there, my son and I, for about 45 minutes it was such a library of games uh it was incredible and then we didn't even go upstairs which is like the games workshop room so um you know there's no we didn't see any games workshop stuff downstairs it's all upstairs and there's such a lot of stuff it was huge it was immense my recommendation is the Mikul ka1 android tv smart speaker sounds fancy number one it's big it's about the size of a squashed football. It has a remote control that you can, um, with microphone built in. It will also detect your voice from across the room. Although I say that it only detects my wife's voice, it's not interested in mine. 
And uh, yeah, it connects your TV. You can use it to um, watch all the usual uh, TV shows and apps uh, so that you can get through Android TV. You can use it to play games through your TV. You can connect it. Um, the, the Steam Link app works, so you can essentially connect your PC wirelessly to your TV and play games on Steam. And uh, yeah, it does pretty much everything you'd expect from an Android TV, but with a smart speaker built into it now I've, I've tried a few android tv things over the past few years i have an android tv but it seems to be uh it has some menu items removed which stop me from uh getting rid of things like annoying recommendations and adverts and stuff like that so we don't actually use the android tv functionality instead we use a roku which is a lot smaller and more compact and just hides behind the tv in the hdmi slot unlike the Miku ka1 which as i say is quite a big device um however I'm not the keenest on this because it's quite big and it takes up space and it looks a bit silly. My wife really <laughs> likes it, though. So um, obviously I'm overruled because it's more useful for her. So quite often she's the one who needs to find entertainment for the children uh, when, when uh, you know, everything's done, homework's out the way, there's no dance school and they can't be bothered playing with Lego. They might stick something on the TV. Kerry can just pick up the remote control and tell it what to put on, which is kind of useful. Um so it's not like it's not a wholehearted recommendation because i don't like it but my wife loves it she finds it really useful so uh, on that basis it comes in as a recommendation and um you'll find a link to that my review of it in the show notes so you can find out what i really thought about it but it's a funny thing because it's quite big and bulky roku's smaller and more compact and nicer and arguably easier to use certainly as far as my voice is concerned but you know that might just be me being picky my wife likes it who am i to argue <laughs> uh, i think things like this as well you know if it works for at least one person let's keep it in the house <laughs> yeah the other thing as well is uh she doesn't really like the the app for our uh our robo rock s7 so she can just tell it to clean the kitchen or clean the living room without having to mess around with the app. I prefer to use the app so I can set it exactly where I want it to clean up. You can't necessarily do a specific area with voice, but you can tell it to do a particular room that you've marked out in the RoboVax app. So that's a lot easier for Kerry. And I guess, you know, the point of smart technology is to make life easier for people. So again, that's why it's my recommendation. We're at the end of the show. You've been listening to the really useful podcast from makeuseof.com. I'm Christian Corley. He's Gavin Phillips. Everything we've discussed today you'll find in the show notes. Please share our podcast and uh, leave a review on Apple Podcasts. And if you do that, let us know and we might even read it out. Until next time, it's goodbye from us. 